Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there. This is the Alt in Our Stars podcast. That is the name of the show. My name is Chris Payne. I'm your host. So every week on the Alt and Our Stars podcast, I do a long-form interview with people in the alternative music world. Could be rock, punk, indie, electronic, country stuff, really all corners of what you could describe. Alternative, left of center. This one that we have this week happens to be from an artist who has one big hit to their name. They're a band called the Strumbellas. They're a folk rock band from Toronto, Canada. And uh, they have a song called Spirits that's been pretty high on the alternative charts for a while. Uh, You've definitely heard it. Uh, I can say that because I played it at the top of the show, a little bit of the intro. You'll hear it after this and again during the podcast. So um, that one's going to be ingrained in you by the time this is over. If it's it's not already, maybe it is. Uh, Simon and Izzy from the Strumbellas came through the Billboard office this week, talked to them about all sorts of things, how they formed... Uh, they're, they are a band who play their first show in a farmer's market, so, um, you know, <laughs> they're very open about talking about all sorts of uh, silly events and serious events from their past and what inspired their uh, new album that's called Hope. It's out now in Glassnote. It is where this hit song Spirits comes from, and as I discuss with them, I think there could be some more hit songs coming from this album. So they talked about what their next single might be. They talked about... Just a lot of things I think might find inspiring if you're the sort of artist who's been making music or whatever and been going at it for a while without really breaking through like you might want to because they've actually been around for a long time, you know, like six or seven years before really breaking through with the song Spirit. So I think there's a lot of inspirational stuff in this episode. I hope you enjoy it. And aside from this, I have a lot of exciting episodes coming up on the Alton R Stars. Some of them uh, I've done already. Some are interviews that are about to happen. Can't really go into too many specifics, but a lot of things that I'm very, very amped about to share with you guys. So to get all of it, uh, subscribe to the podcast. A few different ways to do that. You can go to iTunes and search for the Alt in Our Stars. You can go to the uh, podcast app on your phone and search for the name of the show. Or if you're viewing this podcast, listening to it right now on Billboard.com, just go to the last graph in the Billboard.com story, and there is a link there to subscribe to the podcast. And also you can dig into the archives. We've had a lot of fun stuff on the show lately. Churches, ex-ambassadors, Courtney Barnett, 
Panic at the Disco. Lots to dig into there. And finally, uh, your feedback is super, super helpful with everything we do on the podcast. So if you give us a star rating, leave any comments, positive, negative, whatever, that's super, super helpful. So, yeah, that's about it. So I leave you with my interview with the Strumbellas. Alton, our stars, enjoy. I've been looking at the stars tonight And I think, oh, how I missed that And we're here in the Billboard office podcasting with the Strumbellas. How's it going, guys? Hello. Hello, good to be here. We got Simon. That's me. We got Izzy. Yep, that's me. How is New York treating you right now? It's really good. Um, actually, strangely enough, I was walking um, down in Times Square yesterday, and I kid you not, I saw three different people with pet snakes. So that was a bit of a new experience for myself. Okay. Because I'm petrified of snakes. So I was literally like walking beside a dude, and he, his, he had a pet snake right in his hand, and I jumped back and said, whoa. But, so that was, that was different for me. Yeah, I would always think of like uh, the big characters in Times Square. I think like St. Mark's is more like the snake guy or girl place. I like that there's a snake guy place in New York. Yeah, that's I'm very not New York. Go to yeah. That place. <laughs> yeah. And Izzy, how have you been in New York? Good. I have not done much. We've been on the road only for a couple of days, but um, we were in Texas yesterday and Oklahoma before that. So I basically just slept in the hotel, but maybe see a little more today. Yeah. Yeah. Not so nice out, but, you know, you'll make it work. Yeah. Yeah, it's New York. I feel like when you come here and you don't live here, it kind of doesn't really matter the weather because it's such a trip. Like, it's just, like, in a good way. Like uh-huh. It's just, like, the craziest city ever, man. It's just so big and so many people, and it's always so fun walking around the streets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're, ho- when you're home, you guys still live in Toronto, right? Uh, some of us. Uh, yeah, I live in Toronto, and Simon lives in a small town outside of Toronto. I moved back home to live close to Mima. Okay, got it. Cool. So here in Billboard, guys are popping off the Billboard right now. <laughs> popping off. Spirits has been like, it's it's a big thing. It's number two on alternative songs. Thanks for reminding us. <laughs> We're just going for the number one. It's been five yeah. weeks, and we've just been watching and just just number two. It's uh, it's pretty amazing, though, in all seriousness. It's very exciting, but, I mean, <clears throat> you know, that, them, them darn 21 pilots are really giving <laughs> us a run for yeah. our money. Because yeah. my question after that was going to be, like, do you guys follow the charts? Like, I was going to be like, so do you know who's number one? But you guys, it seems like it's... So it's, it's I guess it's kind of like a fun game to keep track of that. Yeah, I mean, it's our first big uh, radio single in the U.S., so um, it's fun watching the success it's had, and we're watching who else is on the charts, and just like sometimes seeing your name up beside uh, bands you've listened to for so long, um, that's pretty cool. So it's always like, oh, yeah, we're ahead of, uh, you know, we're ahead of the Lumineers, or we like moved past Cage the Elephant or stuff. That's cool. I mean, I tell people, I'm like, oh, no, I don't, I don't care about the charts. I'm just in it for the art, you know, I'm just in it for the music. And then the privacy of my home, I'm like, just checking the charts. Just every morning, like, you know, texting my record label. So we're number, what number are we at? Well, I'm so glad you're warming my billboard heart with talking up the charts right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, and you, I guess this is, is this your first single that's really been worked on this scale? 
Oh, absolutely. I think um, our our last album pretty much only stayed in Canada for the most part and mm-hmm. didn't even get worked at all in the states. So this is and and when we were living up north, everybody kind of just told us that you know give up on the states. There's no way you guys are gonna. It's such a t- huh. tough market. It's a mountain to climb. You know, it's it's very hard to get into the states. And so we came and toured down here and to nobody. We went all the way from north to south to east to west and two people in bars. And so we were very deflated. And we were like, oh, man, we're never going to get to the States. And so this, having Spirits doing what it's doing here is is absolutely crazily wonderful and surprising. Yeah. Why do you think it's so hard to break through? Like, what do people say in Canada about the States? Well, I mean, I'm not going to you know postulate on the reasons but uh, like things people would say to me which you can take as true or not true is like uh-huh. the states is a single driven you know the singles are very important in the states whereas in canada you make a cool record you know we only have 30 million people so you can get that across the country with some with some hard touring mm-hmm. but you know you know people this is what i was told like you know unless it's a very single driven country and you really need to have a song that that uh is more single worthy than than just a cool album, um, but I mean that, I'm sure that's not true. There's a million bands that do well with albums, but that's just what we were told, or I was told, talking to different people. Yeah, in in Canada, don't they have some sort of like arts program or like rules where like on radio stations, maybe this is just like public radio with playing like uh, playing more canadian artists yeah it's Absolutely. called canadian content uh laws and okay. a certain percentage of music played on the radio has to have like either be a canadian artist or have a canadian producer there has to be like some percentage of canadianism so that really mm-hmm. you know like simon said only 30 million people it can be easily easy to be dwarfed yeah so right so. now it's like 21 pilots 21 pilots 21 pilots canadian song 21 pilots, 21 pilots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, have you guys thought of like a second single yet? We're still we're brainstorming it. Yeah, yeah, a th- th- couple different things on the go. I think. Totally. Why? What, what are you thinking? <laughs> yeah. Well, do you have <laughs> any recommendations? <laughs> you got something like you're brewing over there? Yeah. Or? I mean, I mean, I, I think it's a very uplifting album, and that a lot of the songs, especially the first couple tracks on the album, like after Spirits, could be really good. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think I, I'm leaning towards. I mean, if I had to pick pick one, I'd probably pick "We Don't Know" just because that's my personal favorite. But um, yeah, you know, we're 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 looking at the numbers and we're seeing what people are streaming and we're talking to our friends and our fans and we get a lot of messages from people from on Twitter and stuff to see what their favorite songs are. So we're kind of gauging it off that, I think. But uh, as a personal, yeah, "We Don't Know" is my my personal favorite on the record. Yeah, and "Shovels and Dirt" too. I actually had that one, and "We Don't Know" is like the two. I, I like notice like, huh, yeah, that would yeah. make sense. That'd Shovels and Dirt is like the first one song that kind of went on the album. It was the first song we started playing and touring, and uh, when we started writing the album, Shovels and Dirt was like really early contender. So we all really love that one too because it's sort of a, it's like the at the root of the album, sort of in some ways. Mm-hmm. I think I just got more excited for We Don't Know because we got to dabble in synths, and we've never really done that before. So huh. that was kind of fun. We had literally had no idea how to what synths existed or what to use, so we had to kind of research and find out cool synths, and that was just a lot of fun, I guess, for me in the writing process, and that's why it's kind of my personal okay. fave. But yeah.
turns out synths are awesome. Next record, straight synths. <laughs> straight straight synth pop album with like tra- tracks with like three different synths going on at the same time, like to play the low end, to play the high. <laughs> oh yeah, synth disco. <laughs> Simon's only half kidding. Yeah, no, I'm serious. We're going synth disco. <laughs> synth disco all the way. Have you, in all seriousness, have you thought about like next? Have you written new music or thought about like what would come next? Um, to be honest, um, always thinking about that kind of thing because mm-hmm. you know we made the album a year ago and a year's a long time of things you're still writing. So I've written a lot of stuff that I have cooked up, but uh, in terms of what direction, um, <clears throat> no, that's actually kind of the w- the funnest part, and uh, I have no idea. That's something I think about, but nothing that I really uh can say that i that i that that is for sure at all it's just all brainstorming and thinking nothing nothing concrete for sure yeah i think it's always good to ask because i think a lot of just music fans forget that by the time that they hear the music that music could have been written maybe even recorded like a year before they even got to their ears so like if an artist is always creating things there's so much time you know in that interim where they could have made more stuff Totally. Yeah, I think like um, on this album, there's some things that were written just before uh, we recorded. And then one cool story is uh, one of the last tracks on the, or one of the later tracks, I Still Make Her Cry. That was like one of the first so- that was written before the Strumbellas even were a band eight years ago. And that was one of the first songs that Simon pres- presented to okay. us as a band when we first formed like eight years ago. So kind of found that one, brought it back. Totally. And like, <clears throat> I'm super flaky and like I change my mind all the time. So like, you know, if I'm a- I listen to a song like Journey, like I'll hear a Journey song and, I'll mm-hmm. be- and then I'll text the band and say, dudes, we're going throwback 70s rock <laughs> opera for sure. And the next day I'll hear like, you know, uh, an Offspring song and I go, dudes, I got the best idea. Let's go 90s yeah. rock again. So it like every day, it's just like a different path that you kind of want to take because it's so fun. Yeah, and you learn to take all of Simon's emails with a grain of salt or anything he says, uh, basically. You're like, just wait a day or two and see if he's still saying the same thing. Sure enough, I'll be saying something different. (laughs) I think you could pull off a Journey song, though, or that style. Oh, man, that's like, what? If you can find me a band that wouldn't want to pull off a Journey song, like in that style, (laughs) I'd be find that crazy because, like, that's killer. Well, group vocals... Just like big uplifting songs, yeah. like power chord, like you have that. It's in, it's in like a different sound now, but those things, they're there. I think this is a great idea. <laughs> yeah, I think we, really we need to add a journey to... cover into our set. Yeah. Although, yeah. have you ever tried to sing Don't Stop Believing? It's not an easy song to sing. Yeah. That's the one to... kicker about covering Journey. Yeah. Because I'm thinking about like bands from that era, like that style, like when they put together like the Boston tracks. Like, wasn't it like they could do them in the studio, but when they tried to play them live, like, they just couldn't? Yeah, you, I, yeah, you might be I right. think I heard that once. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, I like, wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, you can, like, do it in a controlled environment, but you get on stage and so much more going on and executing everything one yeah. go. I always wonder if, like, a journey, like, when Journey wrote Don't Stop Believing, like, did they know that it was going to be a smash hit that would be timeless? Or did they think that they just put it out and were like, we hope people like it? I think you have to be taking yourself pretty seriously to write a song like that. So maybe they were. Yeah, true. That's a pretty epic, epic one, I must admit. Yeah. (laughs) 
So you were talking about the early days of the band. You guys formed out of like an ad, right? Yeah, like a Craigslist ad. Um, I I had just moved to Toronto, and I didn't really know anybody there. And I never really wanted to start a band because I was scared of that lifestyle and just being in a band and, and traveling and all that stuff. So I, I've been writing songs for a long, long time, but I just did it by myself in my basement. And so finally I just, on a whim, put an ad out and put one of my demos up and, and got some response. And then that's kind of just like how the band started. And then it was supposed to be just like a fun jam thing, and then it just kind of lasted for eight years. Mm. I, I remember when we, it was like four months into the band, and uh, one of our band members was like, oh, I think maybe we should play play our first gig. So I was like, ah, okay, guys, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. Do shows. I don't Are do you shows. sure? I think it's too soon. I think it's too soon. But we made him play our first show at a farmer's market. So okay. it went well, and it was all up from there. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I think I've heard about that from some other interview. But how did that go? It was. It went pretty well. Um, I think one guy passed and was like, that's some great pickle-buying music. <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah, that's really <laughs> motivation to continue. A free bunch of radishes for payment, so that yeah. was cool. I think I got a r- big jar of sprouts. Uh, that first summer, we played a lot of farmer's markets. Yeah. That was like our first like first shows were at farmer's markets before we started playing bars or clubs or anything like that. Yeah, and actually, like I think we really did really help us uh, build a fan base early on. Yeah, totally. It was uh, it was an interesting year. So just like big outdoor markets, like a Saturday afternoon, people passing by, exactly yeah. grabbing radishes or whatever. That's a lot exactly of a lot of kids, a lot of young parents. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What part of Toronto was this? All over. Yeah. Uh, there's you know there's probably fifteen farmers markets in Toronto. I, I'm guessing on average in summer, and we just went from one to the other to the other. T- now that being said, we did have a connection. I worked on an organic farm the summer before the band started, and so I knew a guy whose farm had a thing, and I think that's what got us kind of into the first one. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's tough getting into those farmers' crap, yeah. farmers' market. Yeah, yeah it's hard, hard to break into that you really market. Really got to know some people. Yeah, so. it's yeah. pretty rock and roll, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I went to Toronto once, and I wish I could remember the part of town where I stayed, because it was really cool. It stayed in, like, a nice hostel. It was kind of like an artsy, kind of hippie part of town. Probably maybe Kensington Market. Maybe Kensington Market. That sounds kind of familiar. Yeah, a lot of, like... This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique, and your conversations should reflect that eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Little shops and restaurants and like different yeah, it's kind of, of the the hippest part of Toronto, yeah. I guess you could say, with all their hippin' and then their hoppin'. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually, to connect to your, your snake story, 
friends and I went to a park and bought something from someone who was like a, a lizard guy. I still remember this. He he was just like chilling there with like some lizard on his shoulder. That sounds like something that would happen in Kensington yeah. Market. Yeah. yeah. I can see that. Lizard people. Lizard guy. Like New York has like the place where you go to see a snake guy, but Toronto has that place where you go to see a lizard guy. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, Kensington Market. Word. Anyway, what else? What else? Um, yeah, so I, I wanted to ask you guys about, so we premiered the video for Spirits way back. Maybe not way back, a few months ago. <laughs> yep. And tell me about, the theme of the the video because it's very similar to the album cover it's basically the same thing with the funeral procession people in masks and animals what tell me about that how did that come about well it kind of came from there's a i don't know if you remember there's a um an old james bond film called mm-hmm. live and let die and it was one of the campier bond films but i loved it as a kid i used to watch it with my dad and and it was a Roger Moore one, and um, I, I remember this opening scene was this this somber funeral, like a, and it was a really sad funeral. And then this dude's just standing there, and he goes, "Whose funeral is it?" And then the guy pulls out a knife and gets him, and he goes, "It's yours." <laughs> and then they put the coffin <laughs> over top of him, and then the whole thing turns into a giant, fun, colory, color-filled, fun New Orleans-style funeral. And like I remember as a kid, that really struck with, stuck with me. I've never seen that before or heard about this concept of like a fun, laughing, not laughing, but fun, colorful, dancey funeral. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought, <clears throat> let's try to recreate that and maybe scare some kids of our generation or make them remember and, and kind of learn what that kind of funeral is like. And I mean, let's be honest, there's a lot of death talk in the album. So we just mm-hmm. thought it, it, it kind of made sense to have, a <clears throat> have it as a funeral, a fun, colorful funeral. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically yeah. it, to be honest. That's kind of where it came from. Yeah, and I think after that, we really loved how the album art turned out. So then we were excited about that. And so when we were thinking about making the video, it kind of made sense to just kind of bring that album art to life, especially for a song like Spirits, where we each could kind of have our spirits and have those characters and, and bring that into the sort of funeral party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish I, I. It's like something I should definitely know better is like old Bond films. Yeah. Yeah, I actually kind of find old Bond films a little boring, but they have certain parts that are so cool. Like there's like the big, that one. Like that, that sounds part, awesome. Like that funeral scene. Ridiculous. Was, yeah. Or like you know, there's a scene with alligators and swamps, and that was a wicked scene. Or like Jaws, the guy with the big metal teeth. Like so, there's certain elements of. I feel like you could just go through all the Bond films and just pluck out their ideas because they're so creative and awesome. Mm. Worth living if you don't get hurt. I got a head full of darkness, and darkness is good. Cause if we all die young, then we don't get hurt. Oh, yeah, so also wants to ask about your fans. Talking a little bit about the early ones, the farmers market, but because I was thinking the past couple months, your fan base like definitely blew up and got much bigger. But if you can think back to maybe when it was like smaller and like easier to just like know the people, like what are your fans like? Honestly, like always, just so nice. Yeah, we just nice kind of have we just kind of have a fan base that 
you know, we've only ever had like two fights break at a show. And both of them were people from my hometown because <laughs> I'm from that kind of town. But honestly, like ninety nine percent of our fans, even since day one, have just been like the kindest, nicest people who always come and say the nicest things to us. It's actually now that things have kind of blown up a bit that we're starting to get like mean tweets and stuff and like mean comments. So like we're kind of shocked by it because up until now, everybody's just been so kind and, and say, oh, we love you guys. We love your music. You're so nice. But now we're getting, like, all sorts of crazy <laughs> stuff. Around. So we're in a bit of shock right now. Yeah, we're used to just, like, people bringing us, like, cookies. And, like, we're still <laughs> friends with, like, we're, like, actually friends with some of our early fans. Like, the first people that came to our shows in, like, each city. Like, we have... Um, a friend in New York actually who was like one of our first fans that came to film our first shows in this bar called the Cameron house in, in Toronto. And, um, we have friends out in Calgary in Canada who like ended up designing our, some of our merch and, and stuff like that. So some of our early fans became, became friends. Yeah. Like the guy who did our artwork, it was just a fan. Okay. And yeah. he drew a picture of us at a tiny little bar show. And he was like, Hey, I drew a picture of you guys. And we we're like, Whoa, cool. And then we just called him and said, you want to make album art for us? And so he's like just a friend fan who makes our album art. And I still have probably like five or six people on my phone, like when text messages of fans from early shows that we just became friends. Yeah. It's like that early stage of the band where people like will just like click with you guys and latch on. Totally. Yeah. That's a fun part when you're, when you're playing at like small bars and clubs is especially early on when we were doing like residencies where we'd play a bar every week. So you see some of the same people every week. They come back, you get to know, the people who just like frequent that club or that bar and the bartenders and the community of the space. That's, that's like where a lot of our support grew out of. And I guess a lot of people just hang out with you guys before, after the show, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, when you get a bit bigger, you're kind of more backstage before the show, as opposed to like when you play a small bar, you just, you hang out in the bar, mm -hmm. you get there, you hang out in the bar. And then after the show, you hang out in the bar and you're just talking to people. But, and that still happens a bit, but, you know, now we kind of are backstage more, so you don't meet as many people and stuff. So it gets a bit different for sure. And I guess, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, like parking lots too. Not in New York really, but I guess that's maybe a hangout spot. Totally. You know, you get people coming up to you when you're leaving the show or when you're coming in the show and stuff. And, and it's always very nice, though, most of the time. You know, people are only ever mean on, on, on the internet. So I don't think we've ever had any confrontation at all with a no. person in our an, as a fan or anybody that, never yeah those those mean internet people those trolls yeah <laughs> we get we get kind of a kick out of it to be honest at start at the start my feel, I'm very sensitive at the start my feelings were very hurt you know when I was getting comments and stuff but I've kind of grown into it and accepted it oh what is it like what do they say oh man so like <laughs> there was one when we played Colbert there was one guy who this one struck with me he said Wow, I've never seen so many overweight hipsters in one place. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I've got to get on a diet. <laughs> or just like, you know, you guys are the worst band we've ever heard. Yeah, hipster trash. Hipster trash, which is very funny because we're like the opposite of hipsters. <laughs> like, we want to be hipsters. We don't know how to be hipsters. Yeah. So, and so it's when people like, we had this conversation where someone suggested a merch item. We're like, is that cool? Like, we don't know what cool is. Yeah. Sure. Right. If you tell us that, I don't know. Like, we're not cool. We're like not we just hip. played a show in Dallas with a bunch of bands and like the 1975 were there. The struts were there. 
And, like, everybody dressed so cool. Like, they were all classic, like, bands. Yeah. You know, they all had the cool long hair and the mustache and cool glasses and stuff, and they dressed really well. And we literally looked like suburban parents. (laughs) (laughs) We're just, like, kind of the most uncool band of all time. And so we always very think it's funny when people call us hipsters. It's so weird what, like, people's perception of hipster is, especially, like, the kind of person who trolls in, like, comment sections. Yeah, it's very, very funny. I, I guess it's because we have beards. Maybe that's what it is, but oh, beards and plaid. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's all it takes, I think, beards and plaid. Yeah. yeah. That's oh. just Canadian, I think. Mountain that's just people Canadian. mixing up hipsters with Canadians. Yeah, like that is what we wear <laughs> on a daily basis. Yeah. I mean, Canadians probably are like hipper than mo- most Americans. That's a very broad statement. I don't know how I can back that up, but. um, I don't know. It's a good question. Like we've traveled around a lot of America and Canada, and I, I can't say who's hipper. Yeah, and I'm a, actually an American transplant to Canada. Oh, so, yeah, you, so, so you know. So, so you I know. have maybe the, like the inside scoop of both sides of the border. Yeah. But yeah, maybe it just depends where you are. Where yeah. in America are you from? I'm from Milwaukee. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Pretty hip place itself. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. And you're wearing a Braves hat. Are, are you a Braves fan, Atlanta Braves? Um, Formerly the Milwaukee Braves? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, like, 40 years ago. No, <laughs> not really. I'm a hat fan. I like I like the hats, the classic MLB hats, the fullbacks. That's, like, what I always wore as a kid. And so I'm very specific on the hats that I like. And Braves, for me, is in the top three coolest looking hats design wise so that's why i personally rock this one you're speaking my language right now what are your what's the rest of the other three well i think that i think number one i mean i think the yankees hat is probably the coolest symbol um but it's so common even like in canada like it's just such a huge staple you know um i'm gonna go with the kansas city royals i think is my number one I just think that blue that they have is so spectacular, and the symbol is very elegant. Um, So I think Kansas City Royals, Atlanta Braves, Yankees, and the old-school Blue Jays one, to be honest, is pretty awesome. And the old-school Expos one, it's a little too colorful for my taste. It's a little too out there, but it's a pretty cool hat. Yeah, yeah. When I was in Toronto, I swung by and got a shirt from the – didn't go to a game, but, like, grabbed a shirt from the the Sky Dome. Yeah, exactly. What's on your top – list i mean i'm a d-backs fan so that's the one i wear the most actually i i like got a bunch of free hats from new ever randomly and got to pick out a bunch of teams but gave them a size that was too big so i just have all these cool hats like sitting at home that i never wear oh crazy yeah it's kind of a bummer well you maybe you wear them at some point i guess if I find some way of shrinking them or if just my head expands. I just went through that. I just How do you went, shrink hats? Dude, you can totally – this one. How do you do it? So all you do is you put it on your head. You wet it. You, you just sprinkle the just the band with water, and then you use a hair dryer on it, and it shrinks. I'm not kidding. Cool. This hat was too big for my head, and I had to – I had took about half a day and, and shrunk it with, with water and a hair dryer. Wow, no shit. So yeah. maybe like they're seven and three quarters, so maybe like down to seven and a half. Yeah. I, okay. I think I went down one size. That's exactly it. Yeah. Cool. Some Learn new learn, things every day from us every day. <laughs> yes, trying to see what what else I want to touch on. Um, yeah, we talked about ideas for a next single. Yeah, why do you – I mean, just with spirits, back to that, why do you think it's 
resonated so much. Now that you've had some time to reflect on it, you know, and like seeing reactions. I think there's like two things that I think about, which are kind of opposite, just based on the messages we get from fans. We get kind of two kinds of messages. Mm -hmm. One is from people who the lyrics really touch. And we get all these awesome messages from people who've gone through hard things in their life and talk about how uh, the lyrics of spirits has helped them and gives them hope. So that's really cool. And then sort of on the other end of the spectrum, we get a lot of videos and photos of people's kids, like four and under, uh, singing spirits. And I think it's like just catchy and easy to sing it gets in your head it's sort of an earworm and uh, so i think they're kind of opposite like kids like it and also sad people like it so sad people (laughs) our target market is sad kids yeah (laughs) so that's who we're really trying to focus our energy on yeah get both in one go yeah yeah I think yeah, what Izzy said, you know, I uh, I'm not sure. I uh, I'm happy that it has resonated with people, but I I still can't f- understand music. I can't understand how two people can use this, a guitar, sing a song with similar chords, similar melodies, and one resonates and one doesn't. It's just a m- magical part of music that I'll never. I don't want to understand it. I don't want science stuff figured out. I just think it's so crazy that one song on the record, like I'll probably use the same chords and like the exact same everything and somebody won't like that one and they will like another one. Like it's just mind-boggling to me. So I kind of like that. I don't I don't know why spirits resonated. Like I'm, I'm, who knows? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, it's not my, like I like other songs more and some people like other songs more. It's, it's very, very fascinating to me. Yeah, it's interesting and probably like it frustrates a lot of musicians. Who think like this song is so good? Why doesn't anyone like it? Yeah, totally right. I think a lot of musicians write an album and they're like, "This is a killer album. I love it so much." And then it doesn't resonate with the world as much, and that's got to be super. I've I've done it too. I, you know, our first two albums didn't do that well, and I was like, "Oh man, what am I doing wrong? How do I mm-hmm. how do I make a song that resonates with people?" So I, it's all such a magical mystery to me, and that's like my favorite part about songwriting and music in general is that. You know, it's just why are some songs better than others and resonate better with people? Yeah, what what is your relationship with the old album like now, the the one previous to this? Like, do you still have those songs popping up in the set list? Absolutely, we totally do. A because we just don't have enough songs to play a set without them, and B because um, you know our set's pretty up tempo and fun, and and the, the new record really is kind of slow. It's you know it's got some upbeat songs, but it's pretty chill at record. And our live sets always been very high energy, so we always keep the high energy songs and and uh, and we kind of have a set thing that we do to kind of <coughs> make our set feel like a complete thing. So we definitely keep some of the old songs around for sure. Yeah, and it's cool like with people just getting turned on to our music now with spirits, and some people going back and and uh, listening to old stuff. So places where no one where we would have played in. Austin and no one knows us when we played in Austin a couple of days ago people were requesting stuff off the old record okay. so so that's kind of cool for us so we like to keep we a few like, ones uh, in there dude, we haven't played that since 2009 <laughs> yeah so there's, probably not gonna be able there's to pull a few that one out. yeah 
Yeah, because my my next question was going to be like, what is the the crowd reaction like? But it seems like a good amount of people have like dug back. Oh, yeah. dude, it's such a trip being in America right now, and it's like almost like we're somewhat starting from scratch in our live shows. Like we've been playing in Canada for so long, it's gotten to the point where you know so many people know the songs from our old records, so they'll sing along with us and. You know, we feel all high and mighty on ourselves because we're like, oh, we're great. Well, Canadians know our songs. And then we come down here and nobody knows us, right? Yeah. So, like, old, new, like, we're we're just trying to get new fans again. And uh, you're right. They don't, like, they don't know. People don't generally know any of our songs except for spirits. Yeah, it's like, you know, especially these shows we've been playing festivals and stuff. We haven't done that many that have been, like, our own headline shows yet. So there are a lot of people who have just heard our song on the radio and, and come out. So... So that's cool, kind of like trying to get people to know the band behind the song, because maybe they know the song, but they don't know us yet. So it's just finding that balance, and then hopefully, you know, once we get some of our own headline shows, more of those people who know the whole album and and know the record, and we'll we'll get more of that type of fans. Because right now it's like, you know, people waiting to hear Spirits, which is awesome, but it's definitely different, because in Canada we really built our fan base from touring, like just touring back and forth across Canada, back and forth. So so people kind of, there was never really that one song that people knew above every other song. They knew the whole record. So it's a different experience. Yeah, like you can ask Izzy, like every day after a show, <clears throat> lately I've been, need 10 minutes by myself in sadness because I'm so disappointed with, I'm like, oh, we're terrible. We're the worst band ever. These songs suck because we're not getting the reaction we got back up north. And so mm-hmm. like I'm like, that's it. We're quitting the band. Nobody likes us. We're losers. So that's what's happening right now. So like Simon's not very patient. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could say. Not a patient man. Yeah. It would be interesting to like talk to other artists who have like gone through that because there's probably so many other artists who have done what you did and had like a grassroots fan base and then one song takes them to a whole nother level. And there's just, like, this introduction process. And then just, like, lots of fans who just really care about, like, that new song. Yeah, it's trippy. I, uh, at, we, we played at a festival last year, and uh, Passenger played, and he had that one big hit. Yeah. And he played it kind of in the middle of his set, and then, like, after he played it, some of the people left to go to the, you know, it was, like, multiple stages. And I, I thought it was funny, he kind of called them out. He's like, well, we got rid of those fans and like, the... The real fans are here, but he's a funny guy, so it was great. And so I think a lot of artists do do go through that, and you just have to embrace that you have different kinds of fans, and it's just great that people that many people know your song, and hopefully they'll like the whole set, stay through the whole set. Yeah, and then there's some artists who will get to the point where they just don't want to play that one song anymore, and they don't play it. Yeah, that seems... I mean, I I think we get that when you play a song for years and years, but... You gotta play it. Oh yeah, that's I, why I, people I, like your band. That's how people got introduced to you. I'm a, you I'm play a slave it. to the audience. Whatever they want, I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. That's just about everything I had. Is there anything else you guys want to touch on? I don't think so. Yeah. Just <sighs> check out our album, Hope. It's out now. Hope. Give a nice little description of the album cover for everybody. Backstory of the video. Yeah. Bam. Killing it. Crushing right, it. so much for coming by, guys. Yeah, Thank thanks for having much. us. We appreciate it. I've been looking at the stars tonight. So, yeah, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I had a blast talking to Simon and Izzy. 
New episode of The Altenar Starts drops every Friday on Billboard.com and iTunes. So you can uh, stay in the loop with that. You can follow me on Twitter at cpainonaplane. That's C-P-A-Y-N-E-O-N-A-P-L-A-N-E. And also, of course, subscribe to this show. You can do that by going to iTunes and just searching The Altenar Stars. You can go to the podcast app on your phone, search for the Alt and Our Stars in there. And if you're listening to this podcast on Billboard.com right now, just go to the bottom of the story and click on the iTunes link in the last paragraph. There you can also, besides subscribing, can listen to old episodes. Uh, I had artists like Courtney Barnett, Panic at the Disco, Churches, Ex-Ambassadors on lately. You can listen to this Courtney Barnett episode from last week where we talked about things like this. Yeah. Did you feel out of place at all, like, going there and doing the red carpet and just, like, all that comes with the Grammys? Um, well, yeah, I guess so. It's not, like, a normal, um, situation. But, like, it was fun. I was with my friends and my girlfriend was with me and it was, like, exciting. Um, yeah, you guys were on, you and, and Jen, right? Yeah. Yeah, you guys were on TV, like, a few times they flashed to you guys. Oh, right. Yeah. Um... That's funny. Yeah. Um, One time during Kendrick, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I think, yeah, my friends um, texted me or something. Um, that was like, he was the coolest thing of the Grammys. So, yeah, that's from my conversation with Courtney Barnett, another one recently that I really, really enjoyed on the Altenar Stars. So, yeah, I hope you had a good time with this one. Hope you liked the Strumbellas. Uh, stay, stay tuned until next week. New episode of the Alt and Our Stars drops every Friday on Billboard.com. Until then. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Have a good week, everybody. Bye-bye.